if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast 182. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's PGA and European Tour golf action, the Fortinet Championship and Dutch Open. Good morning, gents. Morning, chaps. Morning, guys. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics, and our predictor models, all available completely free of charge with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We're available on Twitter. Paul is at golf betting. Barry's at a good talk golf. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Now, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. I'll be recording the Fortinet Championship Show after we record this podcast on Tuesday morning over here in the UK. Now, you guys, as listeners, power the podcast. We need your five-star reviews. We ask for them at every pod. And thankfully, you've been delivering for us. So as ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Here's one. It's quite short and sweet, this one. It's from Benny Hammond. He's in the US of A. The title is Long Overdue, five stars. Thanks, guys. Been listening for a few years and have never given you a review. Sorry for the wait. Keep up the good work, exclamation mark. And that's from Benny Hammond over in the US of A. Thank you for that, Benny. Yes, thank you, Benny. Nice one. All's forgiven. All's forgiven. All's forgiven. (laughs) We've got so much to talk about and so little time to do it. So I think we're going to have to be quite brief on everything we do this week. We need to talk about last week at the um, Wentworth. We need to talk about the Ryder Cup picks from Padre. And then, of course, we've got two tournaments to talk through. First thing I was going to point out at the top of the show, I know a lot of listeners use our golf betting system at free statistics, our sheets around the um, current form, first round leader. We've got strokes gained information on the PGA Tour. And we've been having technical problems with those. So we went to our developing development team and um, they've been working on it for a couple of weeks now. We've come up with a solution. So as of now, all of our statistics are completely back up to speed in terms of both European Tour and PGA Tour. So if you've been having trouble over the last couple of weeks, please come back and use them. Um, you will also notice some enhancements on there. So um, the ability to be able to rank, for example. So... Um, come and use those stats completely free of charge at Golf Betting System. Um, if you've got any comments about the new statistics, how they work, the visual side of things, what else you might want to see statistically, do not hesitate to get in contact with any of us and uh, we'll clearly take that information on board. It would be much most appreciated. But yes, those um, free tournament statistics are now back. Uh, fully up to speed and ready to go for you all. Right, 
Um, just Steve, before yeah, you on. carry on, just with those stats, um, the sorting function is still being developed at the moment. So don't everyone just shout back, um, or it, it sorts or doesn't sort 100% um, as I would expect, because we know that, we're working on that. And once we crack that element of it, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be fantastic, but um, we're nearly there. So, um, but as Steve said, it's far improved, far quicker, and um, connects far more consistently than previously. So, hopefully, you guys will find um, it has taken a step forward um, since we've uh, since we've been forced to redevelop it. But um, yeah, any other feedback, please throw it at us. For anyone who has, you know, feels like they've missed an opportunity to vent or shout at the guys, don't worry. <laughs> I boxed it off. I gave them grief already. <laughs> Constructive Barry, I think the word. Barry was. likes to give us grief. Yeah, it's, it's to make we you better. We call it user testing. It's not. It's just to make you better. <laughs> there, uh, no, it's it's great to have it back up because there was a, a missing part of my weeks, um, and you have all you had all the back end data. And this is why you're picking winners, Steve. Billy Horschel. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's what they call a segue, isn't it? I set myself up and followed right that, through, yeah. <laughs> that's two winners in four weeks. I don't know what's happening. I told you what happened was the PGA Tour season ended. That was it. That was your break. You had to suffer well, the whole it season. Re- it restarts now. That's the only problem. <laughs> back back to again. picking duds. <laughs> No, well done, Steve. That was a, it. Was a really strong pick with Horschel for the for the price that he was relative to his. Uh... Well, this was it. This, that was the argument, was he? Fourth best ranked player in the field, and he was twenty eight to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't see many people. I didn't see his price constrict at all. I just think people are. Well, he's coming over for a jolly from the PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah, coming over to catch a bit of a uh, bit of time with his West Ham buddies, and uh... well, yeah. But as he said, and he said this in the interview. I think it was Tuesday or pre or Wednesday pre-event. He said, "Do you think about it? I've, I've won a WGC. I'm, I'm already. I think he was in top three on the race to Dubai already." Mm. And he said, "I'm going to take that seriously." Only who did he say? Only Henrik Stenson has won both the Euro and PGA Tour uh, order of merits. But this, these were his quotes. So I would I would love to be an you know, additional name on that list because mm. clearly he's already won the FedEx Cup, hasn't he, in the yeah. past? So it was was Rory it? never won the European Order of Merit. That can't be right. I thought Rory. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. Have, anyway, I'll, that's what Hall I'll, I'll, I'll fact check that while we continue on. Um, he said, "Yeah, only Henrik's done it in the past." So B- Billy was great. I mean, and winning the European Players Championships. It's a, it was a little bit of a stretch, but I think it, it was good that he elevated the prestige of the event because it is it is the the top mm-hmm. event in the European Tour. So. I suppose in terms of field strength, no, it's not a player's. But in terms of prestige, yeah, it's it's a it's a big deal. And ah, he was just he was fantastic on Sunday. And when you, he, you re- like, yeah, like to to nail that wedge shot, like with the crowds no. there knowing what he needed to do, and he just clipped it so beautifully. Yeah, yeah. You, you came in twenty nineteen. Paul and I noticed it's it's gone up another level. I mean, the, 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 there were more stands. The stands were bigger. There was a double tier stand um, on the par three, fourteenth now. Yeah. So they've actually put a, another area of stand behind the seating, so it's even taller now. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, there was just it was just it was so easy to get in. It was the course was in immaculate condition. Absolutely mint the golf course. 
I don't think I've ever seen Wentworth as good as that. No, no, it was in, in, in cracking shape, wasn't it? And it was just really well run. We've, we 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 thoroughly enjoyed our day. It has to be said on Friday. It was it was fantastic. You know, just yep. everything just went perfectly to plan the whole day. Yeah, nice to meet a few uh, few folks on the way around as well. So um, hi to everyone who stopped and uh, had a chat and. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was good to uh, good to chew the fat with a few of the guys out there on the on the course during the uh, during the, the the walk around and uh, share a beer with a couple of the guys as we were uh, as we as we were watching a bit of the golf. Was Saw Steve holding one live, didn't we, Steve? Oh, did you? Nice, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, and uh, yeah, the f- first uh, first ace that we've uh, well, I've seen uh, on live on a golf yeah. course. Was it um, Romain Langasque? Yep. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, there wasn't many there watching that uh, on the tenth when he when he nailed that, but uh, we were there just uh, just supping a beer and, uh, and and saw it live. So that was that was a cracking. Yeah, game. it's first. Uh, that's the first holding one I've ever seen in competition. Mm. Nailed. Was, uh, was Steve there to heckle him, or was it just to be to be nice? <laughs> yeah, very good. I didn't heckle anyone this year, not what? even Andy. And we followed Andy for quite a few holes. Mm. I I missed being there this year, stupid COVID. But um, yeah, it's, it the, it looked the course looked fantastic, and you know the heather's kind of coming up a bit, oh, so it yeah. gives it that kind of that real Surrey vibe. Kind of reminded me of Sunningdale a bit. It's just mm. really, it really sits well. And then you've got that like nice, like long, wispy, rough at parts of the course. Like wow, it it just looked great. That that heather was very much in play. We Southgate drove it on the short par four. What number's that, Paul? Um, eleven, twelve. Yeah, and, and, and he was. Five, yeah. He couldn't have been more than about three to four yards off the fairway, and he was in this huge clump of heather. It is so so hard to get out of. Very much in play. So hard to get out of. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Sa- savage stuff. It looks brilliant, and it's in. It's a good. It's a good, interesting penalty. Uh, it is a penalty um, for for a wayward shot. So, what did um, what did you make of Pad of Harrington's picks? Oh, I tell you, what, I, I must mention. I must mention on the train home or train back into London, we met a long term listener, Harry from Wimbledon. And we had a great chat with Harry on the train back into um, Waterloo, into Clapham Junction. And Harry said, if I mentioned his name on the podcast, he would definitely write us a five-star review. So Harry from Wimbledon, it was a, it was a, a pleasure to meet you, sir. It was a good chat about the Ryder Cup, didn't we, Paul? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was. As I say, it was. It was nice to stop and chat, and uh, yeah, we had a good chat with Harry on the way back. And uh, yeah, all you've got to do now, Harry, is trying to find a way to uh, to to muster up that uh, that that review for us. uh, Yeah, good luck with that. Or else face doom with all your golf bets for the year. Come down to Clapham Junction Station and search you out for the uh, next three weeks amidst the two million uh, passenger movements per week. Now, Paul and Barry, what do you think to Harrington's captain's picks? Ian Poulter, we've got Shane Lowry, and we've also got, of course, Sergio Garcia, Justin Rose, the big name to lose out on that. What are your thoughts? I, I, personally, I don't think he could have gone any other way. Really, um, it pretty much laid out his case for Lowry. Um, it pretty much laid out his case for Poulter. Um, mm. 
Uh, he'd already said that Sergio was in and the fact that Lowry effectively had to rely on that pick in the end forced his hand. Um, and, uh, you know, well, fair play to Bernd Wiesberger for, for making that decision had to be made. But, um, mm. yeah, un- unlucky with Rose. Um, and if you look back historically through Rose's performance at the Ryder Cup, um, you can quite easily argue that he should have uh, made his way into the team, um, particularly with some late form running into the event. But, uh, it was the it was the form prior to that form prior to that in the season which ultimately has cost him his place and uh, he'll be disappointed I'm sure and so will his supporters. It's a bit interesting strange. debate. It's a bit strange that Rose had, like could have played a couple more events when when you know coming down the stretch and he did. Could have played Italy, couldn't he? Yeah, yep. it's um, you know and and things like that you know speak volumes. That that shows somebody like Podrick that like I want to be on the team. And it makes a stronger case for him. But look, uh, I mean, th- I've seen people trump up all oh, like stats here and stats there, you know, saying this should have been this way, should have been that way. The, the fact of the matter is, the decision's been made by uh, Harrington and his uh, vice captains, who have way, you know, well, way better idea about what's needed um, for our team, and you know, with experience of the Ryder Cup themselves. So you just got to say, you know, let's trust it. And I- I'm I'm very happy with the three picks. Um, if Rose had been picked ahead of any of the three of them, I would have probably had more questions to ask than mm. I do yeah. this way. So that probably makes, you know, to me, it feels like the right decisions have been made then. So let's, let's go. Let's go on to Whistling Straits and see how the guys go. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, I, 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 I'm very tempted to back Europe because the odds are just, they shouldn't be that crazy in odds with the, you know, whatever the stats say about like world rankings, blah, 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 course fit, yada, yada. Like, we have a phenomenal record in the Ryder Cup. So I, I yeah. think I might, I might be back in Europe. Uh, Two horse race. It's yeah. um, it's never quite as clear cut as the uh, as the stats or the, uh, the theory would kind of suggest. And the thing oh. is, like in a couple of weeks in Wisconsin, like by the lake, you could have fog, rain, wind, yep. mm-hmm. all those things start tilting mm-hmm. things, uh, you know, tilting the balance towards Europe and, and the European team strengths. That's very true. If that if that golf course stays, like, you know, early fallish, um, you know, nice temperatures, no wind. Mm. Yeah, you've got to fancy the Americans. But yeah. you know, effectively, it's on an inland sea, isn't it? It's coastal. When if, if if there's any nasty weather around there, that that golf course can bite you seriously. Mm-hmm. What um, going back to Harrington and his picks? I know. I mean, he he had a scenario there where he you know Poulter and Garcia were locks. The I mean, during the whole the whole situation was wasn't it? If if, if Lowry was going to qualify, yeah, and it, so and Wiesberger, of course, and I've got to say, Wiesberger impressed me greatly. I mean, we were saying he might miss the cut, and he started so badly. He was three over through six, I think it was on Thursday. Yeah. But I've got a lot of I've got a lot more respect for Burn after this. I mean, you just I'm looking at his results here. A European Tour stalwart. I mean that that can't be overlooked. Clearly, he managed to sneak into that European spot first in Denmark. Fifth in the BMW International Open, second at the European Masters, a tournament when he stood on the seventy-second tee. He had a was it a one shot or a two one shot, shot lead? Yeah, one shot mm-hmm. lead. Yeah. One shot lead. So he should have won that really. And then to be there under all that pressure, but his statistics last week were were unbelievable. Third for off the tee at Wentworth, 
18 on approach, fourth around the green. We just know what a great scrambler and chipper the guy is. So he actually ranked, you listen to this, second for strokes gained tee to green behind only Billy Horschel. But you could tell that there was tension around. He putted at minus 6.25 negative strokes gained putting. He was 77th in the field Mm. yeah, for putting. So for him to finish 20th and to seal that auto spot, which put Padraig into trouble with his picks, really... What would you? There were also points in that tournament when Westwood was out of the auto spots. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, would would do you think Westwood would have got a pick in that scenario? Because Paul and I were having this debate over a beer or two at Borough Market on Friday night. It's hard to know. If, isn't if it? Westy hadn't qualified, would he have got a pick? So well, if, let's say Larry, what you're saying if Larry had got it had qualified by yes. playing Westy hadn't would Westy yes. have so to pick Burn out Rose? Had qualified and Larry yeah. had qualified that was knocking that was knocking Westwood out wasn't it? So it's Westy versus Rose then in that situation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Paul and I, mean, I said he would have gone for Rose. Do you think? Mm. We thought I think so. With, with, with immediate form coming in, yeah, I think he put it. Yeah, it's. Look, it's hard to know. I mean, look, let's let's not skip past Wiesberger because, um, like you said, Fantastic. I was seriously impressed at the massive set of stones. I don't know how he was walking yeah. with those <laughs> things hanging between his legs. Like that was so impressive what he did when it looked like he he was just melting from the first hole on in, in round one, and mm. to to come back and do what he did, um, that that speaks volumes. And you never know, like I me. Mean, You'd expect everybody to get. Um, you'd expect everybody to get an outing or one game before the singles. Um, my expectation is still that Viesberger gets one game, but you know if he shows a good bit of form in in the in the warm ups, may, maybe he gets more than one match in the in the you know the pairs events. Yeah, he's got to play the first day, isn't he? If to to, to do that, and to, yeah. should he play the first day? Should he form a? A partnership that wins, then um, it asks another question, doesn't it? We've seen it before. Yes. We've got to go with this. We've seen yeah. it with Thomas Peters. These unheralded sorts, and all of a sudden they win a match with their partner, and it's well, this this guy's and decent. They, yeah, the tails are up, and they're just unstoppable. You know, it's um, mm-hmm. look, you can't you can't argue what he did. He like he really went and grabbed that spot for himself, and you just have to tip your hat and say, "Well done, mate. That's so good." Yeah. No. Absolutely. It was, as Steve said, from the position that he found himself in early doors on Thursday um, to, to kind of galvanise himself and, uh, and and to to finish what, 20th or thereabouts in the end, which was yeah. well, well inside where he needed to be. Um, he said in the interview, for, for him to get back and actually get into red numbers, I think he didn't, he, didn't he finish Eagle Birdie Birdie or something like that on Thursday? There was an yeah. eagle in there. I might have got yeah. this. Yeah. For him it, it to was, get back into red finish, numbers, yeah. it was huge for him mentally yeah. after that start. That's the beauty of that track, though, isn't it? And, you know, the, re- the reason um, I enjoy and I'm sure many people enjoy Wentworth so much is that you've you've got these different holes where you know there are opportunities. And, and even, a, even a one or a two over round heading into the back nine, you can turn around. You can, you can pull, back, pull them back on the 12th. Yeah. Um, if you play the 13th, 14th, 15th, well, then you've got opportunities mm. from 16 onwards. And yeah. um, 
Yeah, in a way, it's it's a bit like Augusta in that you know as you head through Amen Corner at the back end, you've got opportunities then that are going to yeah, allow yeah. you to turn a you know a, an average or a poor round into a into a you know a, a far better or a good round. It's um, the the difference between the front of the back nine, is something else like just the difficulty, and it is mm. it is a brilliant golf course for exciting finishes. And I like the Augusta analogy, uh, you know, for you know it's game on, and you still yeah. have that. That fifteenth is a brute of a hole. Like it can terrorize you. Uh, and look, the seventeen and eighteen are no jokes. Like you have to hit good shots, but if you hit good shots, you really get your chance to score and put up some numbers. So, so yeah, Viesberger finished birdie eagle on day one. You know, to to get himself to one under par, and he must have felt wow. Like I, uh, yeah. here we go. Yeah, no, impressive stuff. And I, I do hope he gets um, gets a, a chance at the Ryder Cup to... Uh, I hope he plays well. He do. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he will get a chance. I think Harrington will probably will get everybody playing because I think Harrington... It feels like the right thing to do to get everybody in. Maybe it isn't the right thing to do, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard it's hard to say like whether you need to play somebody before the singles or not. Um somebody's completely stinking up the joint and can't can't keep the ball on the course then yeah of course but um i just you just you just hope the guys go there and play well for their own sake because for some some of them it's their only chance to play the Ryder cup and and even if you lose it you just you're able to sleep at night if you know i, I played really well and we just got beaten by the better team the better team rather than losing it yeah yeah let let's talk pgi tour shall we Let's Go move forward. Do we have to? We've got, to? So, much, we've got to? so much to cram in. <laughs> Let's do it. Just by the way, Rory won the race to Dubai three times. Just the three times that we forgot about. Well, no, I just thought Billy, Billy he did say oh, the only guy to do it was Henrik Stenson. Whether he meant it in the same year, but that was academic anyway, because clearly Billy Ho hasn't won the FedEx Cup this year. Anyway. Um, choose your stats, you know, make a case, choose your stats. It's a pair. It's the new PGA Tour season. Woohoo! I can barely remember the old one. Mm-hmm. Only in America, right? Would they do something like this? 2021 22 PGA Tour season starts this week. After crowning Patrick Cantley as the 2020 21 FedEx Cup champion, the 2021 22 PGA Tour kicks off. In California this week at the freshly titled Forty Net Championship. Now, for regular golf punters, you'll remember us as going way back the Fries.com, and then recently, of course, the Safeway Open. There's a new title sponsor, the Forty Net Championship. They're playing it on the same golf course, which they have done since 2013. That is Silverado Resort and Spa. It's the North Course. So Trent Jones Jr. 1966 original design with a, with a Miller renovation in 2011. Johnny Miller. Um, I classify this as a classical stroke resort golf course. It's tree lined, quite finickety. Um, it's par 72, and it's only 7,123 yards long. Actually, it's been shortened. It's been shortened since last year. They've taken about 40 yards out of the second hole, the par three. So where that was playing 230-something as a par three, the second hole, they've now reduced that to a 197-yard par three, the second. Um, What can you say? I mean, 
it's a it's a bit of an uh, ecclesiastic field. We've got all of the um, promoted players from the Corn Ferry, masses of those. We've got a lot of low status or former winner status players, but we've also got a couple of decent um, big names here. John Rahm, the world number one's playing for some reason, the week before the Ryder Cup. I suppose that's the reason why he's playing. Um, Hideki Matsuama, the Masters champion. We've got Phil Mickelson, who always plays this, the PGA Championship winner. We've also got Webb Simpson and Kevin Nahr, two interesting names, bearing in mind that there are all these rumours still going around about Brooks Kepka's fitness heading into the Ryder Cup. Uh, Will Zalatoris is back on the scene. Mark Leishman, Max Homer and Siwoo Kim, all in the world's top 50. It's a full 156-man field. It's very, very big field this week. Um, I suppose it's a case of being brief on the, the amount of time we've got. This tournament, I mean, if you just look at this tournament and its positioning, we've clearly got a very clear favourite. I, I, I'm trying to remember on the PGA Tour when I last saw a, a 9-2 favourite. I mean, clearly he's the class of the field. He's as short as 7-2 with a couple of firms. Uh, John Rahm. Webb Simpson's then second favourite, fourteen to one. I, I I struggle with fourteen to one on Webb, Webb Simpson the way he's been playing of late. Um, I thought that would be potentially bigger. Kevin Nart is twenty-two to one, which you understand given his current form and motivation. Um, We've also got Hideki Matsuama. Sorry, Matsuama's a 20-to-1 shot in most places. Zalatoris at 28s. Uh, oh, John Rahm's just been shortened to 4-to-1 by William Hill, as we talk. Um, Cameron Tringali is a 40-to-1 shot. The same. Pr- um, and um, we've also got the Nemesis. And this is the question. This is the big question this week. Harold Varner, if you just look at Harold Varner for this, if you look at the way the guy plays, if you look at his current statistics, you just look at Harold Varner full stop in his whole career. It was almost as if Harold Varner was made for this week. He's he's clearly playing golf from the gods. Um, He was semi-contending in both FedEx Cup playoff events. And I'm seeing him as a 30-to-1 chance with quite a few firms this week. In fact, yeah, th- t- Boyle Sports, who are 10 places each way, have gone 25-to-1 on Harold Varner third. Now, amazingly enough, I checked my records. I tipped him up last year at 33-to-1. And he did absolutely nothing, which is what Harold Varner tends to do. There, I, I think every model, every statistical model on the planet will be choosing Harold Varner as their number one selection this week. So it'll be interesting to see how heavily backed Harold Varner is this week. I haven't backed him, by the way. No, number so, one behind uh, John Rahm, hopefully. Well, so yes, two. okay. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I get your point. Yeah, Rahm number one, and Harold Varner will be number two. How could, how could I forget John Rahm? But yeah, it's a, it's just I don't know. It's just a weird setup, really. It's a weird bit of a weird tournament. Just to just to let uh, punters know out there, we have had um, very short favourites in this tournament before. Uh, Twenty nineteen, 
Justin Thomas was a seven to one favourite, and he placed but didn't win. Cameron Champ won that year at one hundred and fifty to one. Um, we also had, I can remember a year where we've had Paul Casey, 14 to 1 favourite. He placed, didn't win. Cat, uh, uh, that was the first year that Brendan Steele won here at 50 to 1. I can also remember Rose playing here, McElroy playing this, and none of them actually winning. And that uh, and Tony Finau in 2017. Tony, big Tony T1 Finau. Was sixteen to one favourite. Phil Mickelson was eighteen to one second favourite. There's a there there is a story here. They both placed but didn't win. Brandon Steele won that second time in a row there, twenty seventeen at, at thirty three to one. And actually, when I look at the winning prices here, listen to some of these um these beauties. Stuart Sink two hundred to one. Cameron Champ one hundred and fifty to one. Kevin Tway, 66 to 1. Then we had Steele and Steele, 33s and 50s. Grio coming straight off a web.com uh, final or victory, 50 to 1. Sang Moon Bay, 150 to 1 on this golf course. So if I just look, if I worked out the averages, since they went to this PGA Tour split season, 91 to 1 is the average price of the winner here of this tournament. And since 2010, 77 to 1. So that's kind of where I've placed it, really. It's a scorable. I, uh, um, this play, uh, it's Napa Valley, um, wine country in California. Gets very little rain. I mean, it hasn't had a lot of rain. But the golf course tends to play. Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the mix of firm fairways, very light rough, and watered greens. So 20 under is very much in play with no wind forecast or just a very light breeze. It's another one of these shootouts, effectively. Um, and I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking to myself, and I've had I've had some some recent reasonable success in this. I mean, I had Harry Higgs last year, 110 to one, who finished a shot out of the win. I also had Sam Burns at 50 to one last year, who was the 36 and 54 hole leader. So I'm going to use exactly the same kind of strategy, um, just what I'm looking for in a player kind of approach this week, which for me is power. Yeah, you, you do get Cesarevis, you do get um, players of... It, I mean, this golf course can be it's scorable, it's attackable from any kind of player. But effectively, when you do look at those win winners, Brendan Steele, fantastic driver of the golf ball, long and straight in the main. Um, Kevin Twait, very, very long. Cameron Champ doesn't really need any. <laughs> Cameron Champ's just long and not overly accurate. Um, accuracy doesn't seem to be a, a huge issue here. Even Stuart Sink, um, Sink last year, I, I, I was um, looking a number of times at his driving distance stats during the course of the year, and it it didn't cease to you know amaze me really how far he was hitting it for a guy who's um, approaching fifty. And uh, as you say, it was one of one of his key strengths last year to kind of back up that point yeah he was a different he was a difficult uh, as part of his metamorphosis his driving this year was absolutely top notch mm. for a guy of his age you know long and relatively straight yeah um and when you just look i know it's an outdated statistic 
and I know um, a lot of people don't want to use it, but total driving is always a statistic I, I kind of look at at, at certain golf courses. Mm. Um, and you just you just look at where um, he is in the total driving stats from last season. It was it was obvious that the the real one the key strength of Sink's game in that uh, the way that he, he he got the two wins last year and the the, the, the full metamorphosis of Stuart Sink was his was his total driving mm. for his age. It was phenomenal. I'm just, I'm trying to get the stat up on screen. That's why I'm kind of yeah. Here's the total driving stats from last year. Ram, Scheffler, Swafford were the top three. Hudson Swafford was third for total driving last year on the PJ Tour. Um, you won't be surprised to hear I've put him up this week. And Stuart Sink's sitting there in the top, you know, comfortably in the top top 40 for total driving. Which for a guy of his age, I thought was a phenomenal yep. performance. But yeah, um, these are my selections for the week. If... Um, if you want any more uh, real detail around them and around the golf course, uh, the agronomy and whatever, they are Bent and Poana, Poana Mix Green. So we're back on Poana this week. And that's, an, you know, we're talking about Webb Simpson. I wouldn't be surprised if Strick has had a word with, with Simpson. Keep yourself, um, or if he's sending them, he, he could be sending that message to Steve. You know, if, if Brooks, if Brooks um, does have issues and can't play next week, I'm up to speed, I'm ready. Ready just to slot in and be that you know the grease in the wheels. Webb Simpson, good in the team room. Webb, keep my mouth shut. Won't cause any trouble like Patrick Reed would. Um, I'm here and ready to go, Captain Stricker. I think that's why he's playing personally. But I've never fancied. I've never rated um, Simpson on any kind of Poana greens. It seems to be a, a surface he struggles with. I have gone for the following. I'll run through them quickly, and then you guys can uh, can tell me uh, what you think in terms of your selections. I have gone uh, Maverick McNeely. I've got him at a point each way at fifty to one with William Hill, eight places each way. I've got Charlie Hoffman, one and a half points each way at forty to one with Paddy Power, eight places each way at fifty yards. I've also gone for Mito Pereira. Wacky Neiman's best mate. Um, he is a point each way, sixty to one with Paddy Power. Is Mito Pereira, a very very strong driver of the golf ball. I was amazed to find Hudson Swafford at one hundred and fifty to one with this week. I really was point each way on Swafford at one fifties. Um, Swafford has been mixing it at the top of FedEx Cup leaderboards. Eleventh at the Northern Trust, seventeenth at the BMW. And I think even 36 and 54 holes, he was in the top 10 across both of those. And you're finding him at 150 to 1. Um, Two-time winner on the PGA Tour. I love that. A guy that's driving the ball brilliantly. I've gone for my old mate, Harry Higgs, who just loves this golf course. 100 to 1 with Paddy Power. And then my long, long shot. I was a bit surprised by the price of this guy as well. Brandon Haggy, Who actually... Um, He's just been. He's been. He's had a fifth, a sixth, and eighteenth across his past five non-FedEx Cup outings. Fifth, sixth, eighteenth. Last five PJ Tour events, excluding the Northern Trust. He's he was two hundred and fifty to one. And this is a golf course that accepts power, you know, an aggressive going for the green sorts. He's Californian. I just thought, yep, he's in. The price has got cut. I think. Um, 200 to 1 now widely available on Haggy. But yes, 
Haggy. I've got Harry Higgs, Hudson Swafford, Mito Pereira, Maverick McNeely. McNeely's a funny one, you know, McNeely. You just look at where he's had top tens. Pebble Beach. Old Greenwood, which is uh, the Barracuda. Detroit Golf Club. Um, he's also had 11th and 12th at uh, Mayakoba and PJ National. They are all, every single one of them, short golf course. Another California lad, and he just seems to come alive on Poana. Yeah, a lot so, of the Californians do do get on with it, don't they, from the, from the upbringing. The other thing I liked about McNeely was he's actually a far better driver, and his driving stats year on year have just improved so much. Top 40 for strokes gain off the tee. He's in the top 77 for driving distance and going for the green top 70 on tour. 58th in the FedEx Cup. Didn't disgrace himself on two golf courses in the FedEx Cup playoffs that just weren't his cup of tea. One at 7,400 yards and one at 7,600. He's now arriving at a 7,100 golf uh, yard past 72. I think it's right up McNeely's street. And I just got sucked into Charlie Hoffman. You know, if you're not going to take Harold Varney, you might as well take Charlie Hoffman when it comes to disappoint the guys that you know continually disappoint. <laughs> so yeah, I'm on I'm on the Hoffmeister this week. So those are my selections for the forty. Now, what about you two guys? Who are you? Um, who are you taking a, a punt on? Uh, you go, Barry. I've only got one, but you go first, Barry. Oh, um, I'm a bit bit short on um, research so far. It's like. Just didn't quite get my holiday from last year's PGA Tour season. So, um, I mean, you I'm, and I always talk about Harold Varner. We love him, don't we? We I absolutely love, I love Harold Varner. Varner. He's, got, he's got the game, hasn't he? But he just hasn't got that strokes gained in the head statistic, has he? Half the I'm time. Not, no, and he seems to miss places as well when he's in a spot where he should make the places. Um, I'm not backing like, him at thirty. Like to tied ninth. I'm not. I'm not backing him at thirty-five to one. Um, I, I like a lot what you're saying about like Harry Higgs. It's interesting bet. He's showing up very highly on your strokes gained table for um for Silverado. Yeah. You know, it makes a lot of sense there. Um, I suppose. I think, let me just go through the top ten for listeners who have never looked at our strokes gain numbers. Here, these are the top ten in this field around Silverado. Now, there's there's various different ra- number of rounds they played, but this is the top ten rule: Moore, Ryan Moore at ten, John Rahm at nine, Doc Redman eight, Kevin Nar seven, Cam Percy six. Cam Percy's not a bad bet, but clearly Cam Percy does like a tied ninth. Doug Gim at five. I looked closely at Gim. He just doesn't seem. I mean, I'm looking for guys with. You know, a good driving game. Gim's a little bit short for me, but absolutely no reason why someone like Doug Gim couldn't get in the mix and at least place. Um, DJ Trayan at four, Sahith Tigala at three, Harry Higgs two, Mark Leishman number one. Strokes gained total around in this field. Those are the rankings strokes gained at Silverado. All of these stats completely free of charge available at Golf Betting System. Right, back to you, Baron. Yeah, so I think I'll follow you on Higgs. I like that bet. Um, you've, you've rocked the market on a bunch of your guys, though, Steve. All these big it. prices are destroyed. Uh, really? 
Yeah. I thought they'd be getting bigger. Harry, Harry <laughs> no, listen, they know that the te- the tide has turned and uh, Bamford's <laughs> picks are <laughs> so. You might. Uh, so I, well, it's out of, out of complete envy of your um, your pick in the last few weeks. So um, Swafford's price is nuked as well, but you know, also you know, very compelling case even at the ninety hundred to ones you can find him at. Um, I have a bit of a soft spot for Pat Perez. Mm. He's not. He's yeah. a beautiful golf, Pat Perez. That's like a low scoring affair, Pat Perez, doesn't it? Yeah. You don't have to mention Pat Perez to Paul. He, he, he wax lyrically <laughs> about Pat Perez around birdie fests. Pat's Fact of awesome. the matter is, strokes gained total last eight weeks. Pat Perez ranks fourth in this field. So strokes gained current form. That's how that's how well he's playing. So yeah, what, I think. What probably, price is Pat Perez? Pat is. 80s I like that I think I might grab a little bit it's you know whether he wins or not it's still it's just fun to have money on him and just hopefully get to see him on TV like just entertaining character yes yeah played some very nice it's my interest in Pat Perez now Barry I must say yeah and 80 to 1 is right near that 91 to 1 average Steve was mentioning you know it's just just to just just that that means counts for absolutely nothing but uh, yeah, I, well, you just listen to this: John Rahm, Kevin Nahr, Pat Perez, Will Zalatoris, Webb Simpson. It's not bad. That strokes gained total last eight weeks. Not bad group to be linked in in there with, is it? Aaron Rye is also in there, tied sixth. Now, American listeners will be going, "Who's this Aaron Rye chap?" And Paul and I were talking about this, following him round, round Wentworth on Friday. What you'll find with Aaron Rye here's here's a synopsis for all of you American. Listeners that don't know much about the guy. T to green, Aaron Ryan is absolutely fabulous. He's an extremely good ball striker. Not extreme, not very long off the tee, but kind of long enough. Hits tons of fairways, hits tons of greens. Everything about Aaron Ryan is fantastic until he gets the putter in his hand. And he is going to pop in PGA Tour strokes game models like no... <laughs> it's just going to be... This Aaron Rye is a machine from T to green. He's a machine. His, his long game stats will look really, really strong. Unbelievable. And then you and then you see his uh, putting grip, and you think, ah, it'll it's be. Easy. It's going to be for the whole of this year on the PJ Tour. If Aaron Rye pops with the putter, he's yeah, going to have a huge I, week. <laughs> listen, if anybody, if anybody needs reasons to not back Rye, because you know when guys pop at a model, you're like, oh god, I have to go with that. I have to pick him. I have to back him. Here's a couple of things to kind of help you, you know, get over it. One, he has iron covers. Two, he's very much not a fast player. And three, it looks it looks a little funky. Wears two gloves all the time. Not a not not sliding. Just it's 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 uh, it can throw you a bit when you see it and when it's not raining. So uh, just in case you need any weird reasons, just to like ditch him off the roster or not back him. Um, yeah. Then again, the guy the guy will probably go out and win in the next couple of weeks after we do all this. He's, he's capable. You're right, he is slow. We, we, Steve and I did follow him for um, a, a few holes. and uh, <laughs> It took four hours. <laughs> it, take, it takes an age over a two-foot putt for par, yeah. Um, what I noticed most than, more than anything, really, was that he was leaving all of his shot, um, all of his putts short. And sure. Yeah, and if, if you're wow. not getting the ball to the hole, then it's never going to go in, is it? So... Yeah. The, the weeks and he, you know he's, he's, he's won a Rolex series event he's capable of winning 
Um, mm. The weeks that he gets his head around that, the weeks that he gets his um, distance control with the putter, he gets the pace of the greens right um, and combines that with his typically good, strong tee to green performances, he will perform well and you will find that he will contend and from now, now and again. But, uh, but be, be prepared to be frustrated if you're an Aaron Rye backer. Um, when watching him on the greens, but uh, maybe just fascinating to, to see how he goes. Actually, maybe he's to change his strategy and leave the ball above the hole so he can't mm. leave it short on the putts. Yeah, we we saw him on about five or six greens, didn't we? And every putt was at least a couple of feet short of the hole. Yeah. It oh was unbelievable. God. And they were they were speedy enough greens as well for a European Tour event. They were what 12 twelve-ish on the stem. They were. Yeah, pretty even sharp. if he played twenty feet, he's coming up a couple of shit, couple of feet short. You're like, wow! I'm looking at Paul. He's looking at me. He's like, wow! Mm. Watch out! Watch out for him in a par fest. Then, right? Is that you the watching top yeah. strokes game putting this week in uh, at Silverado? Yeah, I know. Be typical when he do it just to spite us, as if he yeah yeah. He'll beat Patrick Cantley's record from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> 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 anyway, sorry. Who are you, are you? Who are you taking, Baron? That I go Higgs and Prez. Let's go with those. Yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably Prez. add a couple of little bits and pieces, but like first event of the year is all. I always find it a bit funky to kind of mm. uh, get in rhythm, let's say, with the season. And I guess the guys do as well. It's coming out of the traps. You want to get off to a fast start, so I'll just um, I'll hold back a little bit. Um, just have a, maybe a few half point each ways, just for some interest. Yep. Um- Pat Perez, now you've mentioned him, does make a lot of sense to me. I'll have a deeper look at him. Um, the one I've backed is... Well, I, was, I was talking to Steve about looking at some of these um, Corn Ferry graduates and the ones that fit the bill in terms of um, driving distance. I, the, the, the key factors I like here, driving distance and um, approach play. So if you're looking back historically, and if you're looking at Corn Ferry players, then you're going to need to look at greens in regulation rather than strokes gained because um, it's not out there in the, uh, in, in the general stats on the PGA Tour site. Um, and the one who caught my eye is Taylor Pendrith at 100 to 1. Um, he's a long-hitting player. He hits a lot of greens in regulation. If you look at the sort of likes of a, um, a Griot or a Steele or even um, uh, Stuart Sink, as we just mentioned, they are guys that pound greens in regulation when they're playing well. And uh, if you look at his stats, raw stats from last year in the Corn Ferry, third for driving distance, 18th for greens in regulation, his last three Corn Ferry Tour outings, he was first, 11th and 9th for GIR. So pounding the greens. It's encouraging when he stepped up too to the European, to the, to the PGA Tour, full, the full tour. Um, he was 23rd at the US Open last year. Uh, 11th at the Barbasol in July, 13th at the Barracuda last month. So a few of the guys I looked at who kind of fit the bill from a Corn Ferry perspective, when they have stepped up to the PGA Tour in the odd event. Haven't really done a great deal, but uh, Pendrith seems to be quite comfortable at this level already. A mm. um, couple of Canadian Tour wins back in the day, four runner-up finishes on the Corn Ferry. Perhaps he just uh, leapfrogs the fact that he hasn't got that Corn Ferry win and jumps straight in with a uh, contending or potentially winning performance on the uh, on the PGA Tour. We shall see. But yeah, Pendrith's the only one for me that I've backed so far. At 100 to 1. Shall we move on to the Dutch Open, Paul? Yeah, let's do that. Um, 
off to Holland for the first time since well 2019 because we missed it last year with the uh, with the COVID suspensions and cancellations. KLM always used to uh, sponsor this uh, event. It used to be the KLM Open. Now the Dutch Open. They've dropped the sponsorship, and it's just a one million euro prize fund. So it's. Uh, it's down there with the lower tier events. Only the co-sanctioned Challenge Tour, European Tour events find a, a lower level than this. So um, don't expect a massively competitive field. Um, headline attraction, Louis Oosthuizen, um, who was penciled in to play this, has pulled out through injury, apparently. Uh, Jamie Donaldson's pulled out as well. Um, it must have missed, must have been the weight of banking that big check from last week that's... Uh, this dragged him down. And, played really um, well, didn't he, Donaldson? He did, he did mm-hmm. play really well, yeah. Played um, brilliantly. The other name that's pulled out is Victor Dubisson, who's pulled out because... Gone fishing. Uh, he's yeah, gone fishing, fishing yeah. yeah. He's, 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 he's gone he's, fishing. He's Victor Dubisson, he's gone fishing. He's, so gone no Dubisson. His, he's, he's gone down to his favourite rock in Antibes and he's just going to fish for the week. Yeah, he's... Uh, Golf, nah, let's just nah, 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 let's go fishing. Let's, let's go fishing. So yeah, um, three of the, three of the guys who would have been well, Oosthuizen um, would have been the clear favourite, I think. Donaldson would have been a decent price, and uh, Dubison wouldn't have been out of the equation in terms of pricing. So that that's pulled down the level of the market uh, to a certain degree. That's left Thomas Peters as the twelve to one favourite. Brandon Grace fourteen to one. Sam Horsfield back at his previous price level of sixteen to one. Thomas Detry, 20s. Dean Bermester, 20s. Uh, recent winner, Johannes Veerman, 25 to 1. Joost Lauten, 25 to 1. Uh, then you've got the likes of Beef and Jack Krusevik at 28 to 1. Justin Harding, 30s. And 33 to 1 bar those players. Absolutely not a complete disaster of a field, but certainly um, compared to last week, we're, we're down a good few notches. The best you're going to get in terms of each-way places this week is uh, seven each-way. Labrooks are going seven, and they're also going seven on the PGA Tour event that you just covered, so well worth a look. They've been very consistent of late, actually, Labrooks, with their each-way offerings. So um, a good addition to your portfolio. There's their latest new customer offer on my preview, in fact, on both of our previews this week, if you fancy £20 in free bets season says apply as ever um onto the course then Bernardus golf it hosts the dutch open for the first time this this week at kenema hilversumch the dutch the international they've all been used as tracks for this in recent years but this is a new track designed by kyle phillips opened uh only in only 2018 so relatively recently uh flat exposed typically dutch track really um, they've planted thousands upon thousands of heather plants to kind of give it this heathland feel. But there's water in play in many holes, deep fescue. Actually, in when it's if it was playing very firm, very fast, it would look um, very much like a heath, heathland, almost linksy style track. Um, there was a bit of rain in the forecast today and tomorrow, so it may not be quite as um, as linksy as that. But um, but yeah, fundamentally, it's a resort course designed for the tourist trade, wide fairways. Um, they've got some very subtle greens, but they are top quality, newly laid A1, A4 bent grass greens. Uh, the yardage, uh, sticky point really, because if you look on the European Tour website, every hole is listed as a par four at 400 yards, which really doesn't help anyone. Um, there are six tee boxes on the course, and it can play from below 6,000 yards to over seven. 
there is no yardage for the tournament at the time that I wrote the, t- the preview yesterday. It certainly wasn't when I uh, stopped looking this morning pre-recording on this this um, this podcast. So it's going to be somewhere in that region. I don't expect it to be excessively long and I don't expect it to be excessively short. They'll just play off some of the tee boxes in, in, within their range. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I can't give you any more information than that, which is uh, which is a bit disappointing, but hey. That's where we often are with the European Tour on new events. The weather, I've just mentioned briefly, we've got some rain today, tomorrow in the in the area. It's going to then calm down. There should be some dry, calm, sunny conditions, maybe up to around about 70 degrees. So with a little bit of dampness on the course to begin with, I'm expecting some really low scoring this week. Um, again, I'm expecting someone to be getting close to 20 under, if not beyond that, to be a winning total this week. Of course, notwithstanding what they do with the course, they could um, make it a par 17 and make some of the par 5s players long par 4s. No idea, because it literally hasn't been confirmed what kind of uh, course or length. You've got to love the European Tour, haven't you? It's just unbelievable. <laughs> Their information is shit. Do you know? It, it, it almost just washes off you eventually. It, yeah. it gets to the point where you just accept it. That's the way it is. Um, historically, then with the KLM Open, um, twenty ten, Martin Kummer won at twelve to one. There's actually some really consistent price winners here, so I'll go through this. 2011, Simon Dyson, twenty five to one. Twenty twelve was Peter Hansen at twenty two to one. Yost won his first of two titles in 2013 at 20 to 1. Paul Casey, 25 to 1 the year after. I remember that. Yeah. Thomas Peters won at 55s in 2015. Yost won again and 2016 at 18 to 1. Then we've got some longer prices. Roman Vatel won in 2017 at 175 to 1. Ashen Wu in 2018, and we were on 125 to 1. And 2019, Sergio Garcia at 16 to 1. And of course, there was no event last year. Um, so that's your, that's your lot. But a lot of players in that kind of, I don't know, 16 to 25 to 1 bracket who've mm. managed to get over the line here. Um, there's no course on to go on. Um, in terms of current form, um, eight of those 10 winners I've just read through had at least one top 10 finish in their last five starts. So some good incoming form would be. Um, would suggest it's a, a positive and that kind of washes through in the prices I guess if you're looking at a player who's got a top 10 quite recently then often they will be relatively low in terms of the betting uh, it's a new track though it means a bit of a guessing game doesn't it to a large degree exposed low scoring tracks appeal to certain types of players and um, you know, I think you're going to find it as a resort course then players who can get their approaches dialed in but also can take advantage of some of these um some of the chances on the greens are going to be the ones who are favored i think other angles you could look at the um heathland you know exposed heathland style tracks i guess and uh, walton heath um himalayan to a certain degree and um, even kind of linksy or, or um exposed tracks by the coast as well Cole Phillips is another way to look at this potentially he also designed Kings Barnes which is used as part of the Dunhill Lynx rotation uh, he designed the Grove where they played the 2016 British Masters won by Alex Noren uh, Donald Lynx for the 2017 Scottish Open was another one of his the Lakes course at PGA Sweden 
which hosted the 2015 Mordea Master. I think that was um, Alex Noren again, actually. Shane Noren's not playing. He would have had lots of um, Carl Phillips links. Uh, the Dura, where they hosted the Rocco Forte Sicilian Open 2017-2018, was a fusion of two of his tracks as well. And also he had a hand in renovating the Hilversumch course, which was used for this event back, uh, well, most recently, 2010 to 2012. He had a had a go at re- renovating the old Harry Colt Classic. And again, that's, um, Hilversumch is a... Um, a course that you could kind of correlate with this to a certain degree. So Heathland, I think, is the the way they would best describe that track. Um, probably a little bit more tree line than this, but um, but certainly some some correlation there. If you're looking back at some older KLM Open results for this week, which again are all on the website. If you look through the event stats, which are linked to from my preview or via the homepage on uh, the Golf Betting System website. Um. Boarding it all down though, new track. I'm keeping my powder relatively dry this week. I'm only going with four players. The first of whom is Joost Lauten. I backed him yesterday 30 to 1. He's still available 25 to 1. He's been put up in a few places and quite rightly so. 25 to 1 is probably still a good price, I think, on him. I was, I was expecting somewhere 20 to 22. So 30s was, um, was very, very appealing to me early doors yesterday. I can't get excited about a 12-1 to 1 on Thomas Peters or a 14-1 to 1 on Brandon Grace. He's not oh, doing a great deal, is he? I'm seeing Brandon Grace with Paddy Power 10-1. to 1. Is that one, That's got to be one of the worst prices I've seen in 2021. Please, I don't, you know, Can I just say it as well? Yoast is toast. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Let's, let, let's hope that Yoast is at the top of the leaderboard this I'll week. I'll be saying that Friday morning when he's 8 over. Yeah, I know. Yoast I'm, I'm, is I'm, toast. I'm, I'm setting myself up for a fool. Um, is he going to have one of his world-famous putting weeks like Aaron Rye? Well, it's funny enough, he has oh, been putting rather well. Here we go. Been putting better, is he? Yeah, it's, there's enough to get excited about. I, think. I, it's, I can't get excited about the guys at the top. Or Sam Horsfield was sixth. I backed him last week at 70-1, to one and he played okay. He, he actually had a decent Friday, didn't he? He did. Uh, 65, I think, he shot on Friday, which... Uh, yeah, given he's yeah, been, yeah. He given he's Friday. been averaging about 74 on Fridays, that's a huge step in the right direction, but couldn't quite keep it going, could he? But no, I'm the only guy I could get excited about towards the top of the betting is Yoast. He's attached to Bernardus Golf, loves this event. Um, so he's going to know the track far better than anyone else, um, having been attached to it for, for a while now. That, you remember when everyone rocked up at uh, Sergio Garcia's home course back in uh, 2011 at the uh, Castello Masters and he just he, he just took, took the took the field to pieces. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a re- repeat performance of something similar to that this week, potentially. And um, Looking at his KLM Open form, his Dutch Open form, second at Kenemar back Kenema back in 2007, uh, sixth at Hilversumption in 2011, uh, a couple more top tens, and um, plus he won in 2013 in Kenemar, well at Kenemar, and 2015 at the Dutch as well. He loves this event. He's very comfortable in his homeland. He's very comfortable uh, winning the home Dutch Open. Current current form: twelfth at the Czech Masters, eighteenth at the Italian Open, thirty fifth last week. No disasters there for me. 
this is his focus. I think he wants to win this. This would be another one of his um, target events to win in his um, schedule. And as I just mentioned, as you mentioned, putting, he's actually been putting well. His last three performances, he's been strokes gained putting yeah. um, for three consecutive tournaments on the trot. I'm seeing that, yeah. Got putting yeah. nicely. He is, yeah. yeah. Greens and regulations strong, which is his, his forte. But when he t- ties that into some positivity with the putter, that is a green light for me, and I think he could get uh, get to that kind of 18, 20 under maybe total score, and he can put a really good shift in and hopefully convert this week. Um, as I say, around about 25 to 1 now, he's best priced. So Yost's in, David Law's in at 66 to 1. He's a player that's an, an upward trajectory for me at the age of 30. Um, he won on one of the feeder tours back in 2016, won in the Challenge Tour on home soil back in 2018. He won the Vic Open in 2019, which was on a linksy exposed track at 13th Beach down there in Australia. Uh, more recently, 7th at the Porsche European Open, 4th at the Hero Open, 14th last week at Wentworth, which was a big personal best for him. Never really performed at Wentworth in the past, so that's a big step in the right direction. 12th for Greens and Regulation, thir- uh, 11th for putting last week in old stats. This is a much lower grade than last week, and um, I think this course should suit him nicely. So, so Law's in at 66s, as is Joachim Lagergren, who is 66s now, opened at 80s in a couple of places, but uh, again, quite rightly been backed into uh, what is more a sensible kind of kind of price for him. Um, slightly below the radar, given his most recent form, 17th miscut, 63rd, 27th in his last four. That 27th was last week at Wentworth. Interesting because his performance from um, a long game perspective was far improved. Um, he's not particularly renowned for his performance from off the tee, but he was 15th for strokes gained off the tee last week at Wentworth, which for him is a massive improvement in my mind. There's also a 12-shot swing in terms of strokes gained tee to green. He was negative in Italy, and he was positive by four strokes, almost four strokes last week in in Surrey, so that's a step, big step forward in terms of his long game performance. Uh, two top tens in his last three attempts here in Holland, um, a new track of course, but he enjoys these exposed layouts. Uh, three top fours at Dunhill Links over the years, second at Doha for the Qatar Masters. He won the 2018 Rocco Forte Open in Sicily, which is a Kyle Phillips track. Um, Lots to like about Lagergren. So he's in, um, 66ers as well at the moment. The other player that I've backed a bit longer, um, opened up 150s, 125s out there right now if you're quick, is Lee Slattery. Uh, six years since his last win, but he's showing signs of form. Had a little spell of six events recently. He finished that off with 13th at Cran Sorcier on his most recent start. That was his best finish for just over two years. 19th, 9th and 7th for strokes gained approach in his last three outings, 2nd and 6th for putting, putts per grins and regulation on his last two outings as well. So lots going right, lots trending positively in terms of his both his long game and his putting performances. 4th and 2nd at Kenema in this event in the past. And if you look at his Carl Phillips form, um, this is what really swung it for me for a long shot. 7th at PGA Sweden, 12th at the Grove. 11th in Sicily, 9th at Donald Links, 5th at the Dunhill Links Championship. A little bit more tenuous that, but, but still worth mentioning. All Kyle Phillips-related tracks. Um, and for a guy who looks like his form's heading in the right direction, I thought a three-figure price on Lee Slattery was, was well worth taking on. 
So now my four, Slattery, Lagergren, David Law, and definitely not Toast, Yoast at the top of the... Top oh, Yoast is toast. <laughs> I sincerely hope not. But yeah, they're my four. Any, any fancies from you guys? I like Lagergren on exposed courses, like on the, the, the Lynxy vibe courses. Yeah. That's, so, that, that's, his, that, that, that's his strength, his force. Yeah, I mean, that's world-beating performance from him last week to be 15th off the tee around <laughs> Wentworth. <laughs> Absolutely. He must, yeah. he must have blacked out. But yeah. listen, keep it going this week and he'll, yeah, he'll be right up there where he should be. So mm. I like that shout a lot. He's down to 50 to 1 now on Paddy Power. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yikes. They're all they're all catching on, Paul. You're rocking them. You guys are rocking the market. I did, no, I did I notice him. He, he was he was up towards the upper side of the leaderboard last week, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And when that, on those exposed, he is a name that we've mentioned a lot of times in the past. Yeah, yeah. On a, on a links, the, I know it's not pure links, but you know what I'm saying. On an open links coastal kind of track. Yeah, yeah. He loves he loves to he loves to Daniel links, and if you're looking for mm. one, you know, a comparable. Scoring and also, um, you know, style potentially of, of, of play that's you know, I don't think it's going to be overly different this week. Um, remains to be seen, of course. We've seen the track for the first time, but uh, that's kind of my feeling at least. One other I've plucked out just uh, coming off the uh, challenge tour, he's had a win, um, five weeks ago, 44th, 21st, and second since then. It's Marcus Helikilda. From Denmark, so what? he he's a uh, hundred to one. I don't yeah, know much, don't know much else about him, but uh, there's a few guys stepping up from the Challenge Tour who, um, who need to, uh, it, to it catch feel, the attention. Yeah, I mean, this feels like the kind of event, like because it's a weekend event, they'll see it as like it's go time, you know. Let's grab a European Tour victory. Yep. Yep. No, there's always a few. That Santiago Tario, he's um, he, he's being priced as if he's you know one of the you know the, the second tier players this week, but he's been performing well over on the um, on the Challenge Tour as well, and uh, potentially he could go well this week. Alfredo Garcia Heredia uh, mm. was another one who caught my eye. He's been performing well over over on the the lower levels so there's a few that could uh, that could surprise in terms of relatively unknown names towards the top of the leaderboard this week I think nothing from it, you on Robin Siat Segrist I know you're you've kept an eye on him a few times yeah no not really I'd uh, I want to keep the powder relatively dry I mean again you could have could have gone with a few this week and mm. you know had Thomas Peters been a, um, a, a stronger price I could have could have been tempted to, to go with him this week but once Louis had gone out of the field, that you were never going to get anything reasonable about him in the uh, in the markets. So um, I'm just going to have to let him go this week. I think. Any from you, Stephen? No, I haven't had a look at it. It'd be disrespectful to mention any names. Lucas Bierguard keeps popping up on occasions, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. The, the last two of my list last week, Bierguard. Yeah, there's definitely something percolating with um, old uh, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last off my list were Lucas Beregard and um, Brandon Stone. Stone um, hasn't got a great deal of incoming form, but there's just a few positive signs. Had he been closer to a hundreds, I might have gone with Stone. Lucas has won the Alfred Daniel Links 
And um, again, if you're using that as a potential um, signpost for this week, then that's one that could uh, could be positive. So yeah, I, I wouldn't put wouldn't put you or anyone off backing Lucas this week. I think he is again on the kind of upward trajectory in terms of a a renaissance of his career. I think. He seems to be in that scenario at the moment where he's pure, you know, truly finding his game. One week he'll have an outstanding putting performance. I mean, he was third for strokes game putting last week at Wembley. Yeah. But he was minus 3.8 tees green. And then you think of Lucas, fantastic driver. He used to be an absolute greens in regulation monster. And, and this is it. And then, like three outings ago at the Kazoo or four, he was you know top twenty five for tee to green, and you know the putting weren't so good. It's just, he hasn't married it all together yet. No, no, no. But it's it, coming. It, it will is. come. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, it, if the putter's working, then it's just a case of him finding that uh, that, that old form that, as you said, he used to have with his um, with certainly mm. with his approach play. You know, he, yeah. it was long. It could be it could be a bit wonky from off the tee, but he would find a lot of greens regardless. And uh, yeah. if he's converting more putts than um, he ever has done, which you know it would kind of be my take on it right now. It would be six point six strokes gained yeah, at Wentworth, yeah. 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 You know, if you do marry that up to a week where he hits 80 percent of greens, then he's going to be he's going to be in the mix. There's, there's yeah. no two ways about it. So, I'll watch him it's with uh, I'll, I'll watch him with um, interest and uh, despair if he starts playing really really well. But um, good luck to good luck to him at least. But yeah, that's me. I think that's us, chaps. We're pretty much bang on time. Spot on. Your your um, detail, Paul. I miss it. This is what the punters listen to the podcast for—a whole list of Kyle Phillips designs. Where else are you going to get that? It's that European tour detail, Paul, that you uh, that you strive <laughs> to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Or you, could, or you could Google Kyle Phillips um, golf course design and um, find a list. But uh, but yes, mm. yes. Even so, a nice succinct list. Hopefully, that will help mm. um, help punters get uh, get to the bottom of this week. Well, thank you uh, for your time, chaps. Thanks for your tips, as ever. I hope your uh, selections go well. Yeah, best of luck, guys. You too, Steve. And good luck to the listeners as well. Let's get the uh, PGA Tour season off to a winner. What have we got next week? Oh, it's the Ryder Cup. Are we doing a Ryder Cup pod? We have to, don't we, surely? I think we could. Uh, I think we could chew the fat. I mean, historically, we've not particularly tipped up on the um, on the no. Ryder Cup. Um, I think we've got some stats which we can work through and put them on the site. Perhaps we should. Um, we'll, we'll have a, perhaps we should have a chat on the pod about it, and then let's see where that takes us. I think we'll we'll put we'll put out our statistics, and we'll have a we'll have a we'll have a chatty down the pub kind of podcast about the Ryder Cup next week. Sounds like a plan. You up for that, Baron? We we could probably make that happen. Yeah, yeah never been short of a word or two about the Ryder Cup. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, and I hope uh, I hope uh, you enjoyed the podcast, listeners. We will be back next week for the Ryder Cup. I hope your bets go well, and we'll see you again soon. Bye bye. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. All the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the 